Hey everybody, my name is Kenzie Tartaglioni. I use she, her pronouns, and I'm your master of ceremonies. Hey, I'm Brennan Hershock. I go by he, him pronouns, and I play Sawyer Hook, the mortal. I'm April Consolo. My pronouns are she, her, and I play Ivy Duncan, a vampire. Hey there, I'm Mads McDonough. I use he, him pronouns, and I play Caleb Moore, the werewolf. My name is Ashley Westover. My pronouns are she, they, and I play Pharaoh Smith, the chosen. And welcome to Wildmore High. Welcome back to an after show, our season one wrap up slash review party going on here. Um, we have not all been together on a call in almost five months, so that's crazy. Because it was no like way. it was end of October, the last time wow. we recorded, and it is now coming to the end of March. Oh, cry count two! Oh, cry count oh. two! <laughs> April, we I haven't started yet. <laughs> You're just sad to be reminded of how long you haven't seen April. us. <laughs> Honey. April, Or no. are you crying because you're back with us now? It's a lot oh, of different emotions right now. Wow, that was like a big one. It's <laughs> yeah. like you could actually, it yeah. like fell. I saw it fall down your cheek. I love you dearly, April. Friendship really gets to my heart. <laughs> this was a perfect please, season for you to continue. be a part of then. Yeah, so we're gonna, I got some questions to go through with you guys. I got a couple little fun games to play, um, but mostly I just want to like set up where we are in time. So we're doing a season one review right after episode 18 premiered, which is the episode right before the finale and two episodes before the epilogue. So um, we're gonna cover the whole season in this, but most of our questions come from only the first 18. So some of them are questions that will be answered in the next couple episodes so we can talk about it. Um, and some of them are questions that may have never been answered this season that we can discuss a little bit. Um, but first off, I kind of just want to go around and get your guys's feelings of how it's been in the time between how it feels to have all of our work kind of put out there for people to uh, listen to. Um, is that April Cry Count number three? <laughs> no, I'm <laughs> sipping my tea. Not yet. It's the same tears, actually. They're just stuck in my eye. <clears throat> Somebody else go first. Wait, this is wait. not going to work. No, <laughs> yes, it will. Wait, this is going to be Wait, wait, wait. Okay. Okay. Wait. Okay. Wait. Wait, on shoot. Okay, on shoot. On shoot? Okay. Yes. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Rock, paper, scissors. Paper, I, but that wasn't the real thing. <laughs> that wasn't, I was just saying, that was, yeah, yeah, that's, that's what it will be. Yeah, yeah. okay. You guys can't okay. play rock, paper, scissors with more than two people. Yeah, we yes, can. Yeah, can. We, yeah, we're, about we're about to prove you wrong. We're about to prove you wrong. Ready? Rock, rock paper, paper, scissors, scissors, scissors shoot. shoot. Yeah! Wait, no! Ashley wins! That, okay, that was insane. You actually did prove me wrong. 
I got excited about winning, and then I realized that means I had to go first. Or does it mean I get to choose who goes no, first? No, it means you go first. Okay, what was the question? The question was, how does it feel like we haven't been in this space for a while, but the episodes have been coming out, so how does it feel to, you know, in this time to have the work, all the work that we did out there for people to uh, listen to? Oh, I, I think the where I'm coming from is just slightly different than the rest of the cast, just because for the majority of it, I was just working on the back end and scheming. Um, but I, it's it's been such, like, a... I don't want to say fulfilling and sound, like, super cliche, but, like, it's been incredible to, like, do the ding-dang thing that you and I have been working on for two over two years now and seeing it have such, like, a positive response from the like people who are watching and then like seeing how close the cast is and uh, like I'm like dipping my toe into that like like uh like category back and forth um and just seeing how good it is you know what I mean because I think whenever you do something new and whenever you like try like a new venture or like like you know it can be good but seeing that it is good is just like oh fuck yes. It's not even, like, relief. It's just, like, hell yeah, we did it kind of thing. Um, uh, it's just a lot. It's just a lot. I wish, yeah. It's, if if I had longer to prepare for that statement, it probably would have been more eloquent, but the scissors betrayed you'll just slide out of, uh, Now I'm just going to slide out of frame and pass it on to the next. Are we gonna, (laughs) are we gonna, okay. On shoot. Rock. Yeah, on yeah, shoot. Yeah, well, yeah. Wait, wait, whoa, whoa. Uh, okay. April. <laughs> April. Okay. We already established. Ready? Okay. <clears throat> Rock, paper, paper scissors, scissors, shoot. shoot. Hey. It worked again. It Let's worked go. again. Wow. This is crazy. Um, whew. It's been super emotional for me. Again, this is like my first campaign ever. Um, and so... A lot of the times while we were recording, I knew I was trying my best, and I knew I was having fun, and I knew everyone else was doing really great. Um, so I was hoping that, like, you know, I was fitting in there and also doing great, um, but it was really hard for me to kind of self-reflect in that way, and listening to the episodes, I kind of didn't listen to all of them as they were coming out. I had to kind of take a break because I was so nervous. Um, to listen to the early episodes, I was like, oh my god, this is too much for me. I can't, like, emotionally commit to this. So I just started, like, I guess in, like, December, I started listening to all of them, and it's been just really emotional to listen to all of us, and you can, like, hear our friendship develop, too, I feel like, not just the characters, but us as a a party, and... That's super emotional for me. I'm just so fucking proud of it. Like, I, I get, like, same what, with what Ash said. It's just like, holy shit, it's great. <laughs> and we worked so hard on it. And people are connecting to it. And it's just to have such a large project be so close to being completed with, like, so many hours. I mean, we played for so many hours, but also, like, Kenzie and Ashley's work in addition is just fucking insane number of hours um and i think that it really shows and it's just 
so lovely and cool and I really can't believe it. Like it's such a huge endeavor and it feels really good to have it mostly out there. Well, thanks for uh, shouting us out a little bit. I, every time I listen to an episode, I'm like, holy fucking shit. This is so much work. (laughs) We just got to talk. Yeah. And then you had to like sift through all of it. That's insane. Are we doing another round? Last one. Last go. Ready? <laughs> All right. Watch this one be the tie. Rock, paper, scissors, scissors shoot. shoot. They've been on the same page this whole time. Yeah, so they really this have. This going to be an issue. All right. right. Come on. Rock, Rock paper, paper, scissors, scissors shoot. shoot. What the hell, my guy? Can y'all roll or something? No wonder we ended up together. All right. Sink. Ready? Rock, Rock, paper, paper, scissors, scissors. shoot. Shoot. (laughs) I'm going to (laughs) go. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a lot of the same sentiment. It's uh, been emotional. It's been fulfilling. It's been, like, I feel like whenever it comes to... D&D because I was so used to as well being like the forever DM like until more recently when I've gotten the chance to be a player in campaigns and then rolling over into this and being a player as well like getting that chance to see like my character develop and then getting the chance to see like all of our characters develop along the way and like the different character arcs that we go in like I didn't really get to experience that until more recently like I got to see my players go through those arcs because i would set it up for them but like to get to do it myself i was like oh this is its own unique like really fun amazing thing to like go on this journey with my character instead of just like giving them the tools to do it and then even more so like i mean it's not often a D campaign campaign that you'll get to like or like any tabletop campaign that you'll get to come back around to it whereas like whenever the episodes would release i was like reliving all of those moments that we had to the point that like there were things that happened that were funny or sad or like really engaging that i would i forgot about just because of all the stuff that we went through that by the time we got to the end i was like whoa everything's so much and then i get to listen to each little episode and be like oh yeah remember that thing oh remember that bit oh remember this like that was really really fun to get to watch as well and then, yeah, again, props as well for the two of you fucking doing everything. Like, the work the work of, also, like, for Kenzie, like, the work of, like, a dungeon master, a game master, like, anything like that is a lot in itself. I don't think a lot of people understand the kind of prep that goes into making sure that, like, a story is stable. Like, to be able to have characters in it and make it engaging, like, want to act with the world around them and not just each other. And then to do that and also, like, edit and, like, all that other shit that goes, like, that's a lot. That's a lot, dude. (laughs) And also, like, just a quick note, like, Kenzie started, like, working on, like, the story in the world, like, basically from, like, one of the first few meetings we had uh, when we were talking about queer PG. So, like, the amount of, like, detail and care that she put into it is just astonishing to watch it, like, sort of evolve into what it is. And it was just such a beautiful process to watch. Freaking kudos, dude. Thank you, thank you, thank you. The, I mean, everyone said everything. That is just amazing. Like, it, it, 
it is definitely a project I'm incredibly proud to be a part of. It really was like this experience of like, okay, we're doing something cool. We're playing like this TTRPG and, you know, the more that we play, everyone just becomes closer and closer. And that's what it was while we were doing it. To me, it was just like this experience, this bond between us and like this growth of our characters and everything. And then once episodes started coming out, it was really like, it hit really hard of like, damn, we all made something fucking that rocks. Like, this is super sick. Um, the editing is awesome. Like, the editing is also something that, man, I don't envy the amount of hours that you put into it, but wow, it turned out. Like, it turned out so well. Also, we're way funnier than I thought we were. Like, we're, <laughs> yeah. I thought we were funny, but listening back, I'm so like, we're much. way funnier. <laughs> I left it loud so uh, much while editing. See? It, it was interesting, though, like going back and, and listening. There were some portions where I'm like, I don't even know if I can listen to this right now. Like, it'll either make me too emotional or I'm like, ah, God, like, I needed to, we moved past that as characters like two episodes later. I need to get to that point because I'm just, it's like cringing at your old high school self. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's just been a beautiful experience. The whole thing initially was just a beautiful experience. So to have us all back together today is just, it's the shit. And we're all the shit. First question on my quite long list that we might not get through um, is what led you to choose what skin to play in the game? Um, this was a question somebody submitted to us. And I think that we had answered this before, but it was reserved for the patrons. And since this one's going to be a, a public after show, I just, you know, if you can briefly touch on what led you to pick those skins uh, that'd be great twilight <laughs> yeah what yeah like twilight team yeah. wolf yeah. <laughs> i guess to expand upon that um i i've consumed a ton of vampire media in my time like i was a big vampire diaries fan i read a bunch of like um oh gosh the like those young adult books with like the characters would all be in black and white, but then their eyes would just be, like, bright green or something. I repressed that. <laughs> but I read, like, all of those books, and I grew up, like, in a very religious sort of environment, and I think that I'm very familiar with the idea of repression as a queer peer person that grew up in a very religious environment, and the vampire, like, uh, dynamic is kind of all about repression and release, and... Um, I just wanted to explore that and kind of go through the idea of a high schooler who is going through some of the same dynamics that I did, but in a very different way, like a very liberated queer teen, but who is also repressed and dealing with acceptance of herself. I yes. got called out. It was Teen Wolf. It was Teen Wolf. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Whenever, um... I was younger, I was always drawn to, like, because the vampire character was always, like, the archetypal, like, love interest. It was the one that, like, it, like think of, like, Twilight, like, was such a big thing whenever we were younger. Like, it's like the vampire is the one that everyone is smitten over. Like, that's the one that everyone wants. And then it's usually, like, the werewolf is, like, the underdog, or, like, the were like, oh my god, the underdog. I'm fucking, I'm, I'm leaving now. Uh... <laughs> Like, the werewolf is the underdog, or, like, the best friend, like, the quirky best friend that has, like, a good joke or something like that, like, stereotype. Um, 
that was always the character that I was drawn to most because I felt like I could relate to that character more than I could, like, the the very poised and proper vampire. There was always something about, like, the werewolf or, like, any kind of, like, were-creature, like, transformation to that was, like, messy and fussy and not perfect in any way and not, like, aesthetically pleasing sometimes, but it felt more human and more real because of that. And then, like, I mean, like, what better, like, story trope other than a transformation that happens to you that maybe you didn't really want all that much and then you kind of learn to live with it and like make it better than like a trans person playing that like it was something that was really really fun and so there's a lot of aspects of Caleb that were like myself that I put in there like my own like repression and my own uh like coming to terms with being queer coming to terms with being trans coming to terms with like what gender meant to me and how that was going to fit into my life in Caleb even though Caleb had the opportunity to come out whenever he was younger and I didn't come out until I was well into my 20s like there's still a lot of moments where he's like I have to like fit a certain mold of what masculinity is supposed to be even though he doesn't like it or he doesn't really want to in order to, like, keep himself safe or feel like he has to fit in. And then by the end, he's like, I'm gonna put on some makeup if I feel like it. Like, I'm gonna I'm gonna wear something that's, like, pretty because I like it and it doesn't really matter that it's not, like, the standard, like, masculine version. Just, like, with, like, how he grows with, like, coming to accept that wolf part of him, too, more. But yeah, mainly Teen Wolf. Um, I had a really big Teen Wolf phase, yeah. I chose mine because of way back when... Uh, when I first saw Boromir, I always have loved um, in any TTRPG being the human or the mortal um, because I love the idea of being someone that's not so special in a very special world and someone that has to approach it like a realist, but like an optimist. Um, and balancing those acts of how you traverse through a world where you know that you are not, at, you know, through birth better uh, physically or you don't have these powers, you don't have anything, it's just sort of you. And Boromir was initially the person that did that for me like way back when was like, you know, just <clears throat> in a party of you know, elves and dwarves and magic and all that other stuff. He was just a guy with a shield. Um, and that's how I, I always kind of approach in TTRPGs, especially like Monster Hearts here was, I was the guy with the shield. Um, it's not something that, um, yeah, I don't know. It, it's humans are just uh, fun to me in, in a, fantastical world uh, i like dealing with the challenges of um trying to match the other people who are special and seeing how i can step up with just who i am and stand in their line or in their ranks that's that's it just boromir really it's my boy Umir. boy um, Umir. I was going to ask Ashley this question, but I think it's because I told you to. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think so. Creating Pharaoh's character, obviously, a lot of it had to be based off of Sawyer and the Hook family and all of that. Um, so I think uh, 
the options were just limited in the books from the beginning, but I was excited that you chose The Chosen because that was one of the skins that attracted me anyways at the beginning. Um, and I think especially it works really well because Pharaoh isn't able to get, like, make a lot of headway in their goals until they start working with the rest of you guys. And in, like, The Chosen playbook, it's like, a lot of the roles are like, hey, if so-and-so takes, like, follows your lead, or if this other person, like, working with, like, it's very collaborative with your group of people. And so until Pharaoh found that, they weren't even really able to do, like, their stuff. Um, so it fit perfectly for everything still. But, yeah, Kenzie bullied me into it. Um, I wanted to be a dragon, and <laughs> she said, no, no, it's fine. I'm just kidding. Um, I run a tight ship. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> When listening back through some of the episodes, were there any moments that people couldn't bring themselves to like listen all the way through or had to skip or any episodes where it's like, I just, I can't watch that episode or I'll have to come back to it another time. It, I think the main thing is it took me a while to list, start the episodes that I'm in. Um, I basically like, we also threw, I also like, it's you, it's like just you. Yeah, I was like, like it's the just me and Kenzie in a room. Um, but so, like, I, I literally, like, waited so long, and then I, like, was listening to them at, like, 1.5 speed just to try to, like, make sure I listened. <laughs> so it's uh, it's not so much like I had to skip or go past. It's like I'm a huge procrastinator, and that sort of... I was like, I don't want to do it quite yet. I'm just going to keep going with other stuff. But it, I, I did like it. I'm allowed to say that. Even though it was just, just the two of I us. you're allowed to say it, though. <laughs> Starting out. I think you're allowed yeah. to say that. You did the work. Half of it. It was difficult for me to listen to some of the... Some of the earlier episodes when it came to myself specifically and it's one of those like artists we are always going to be our worst critic um listening to myself in those earlier episodes i was like dude where are you going what are you doing this is cringe to me because it was me at me moment i was like get over yourself and then i just would listen to it and i'd just be like it was the, the first couple of episodes i was like what's your motivation where are you going what's happening right now you're droning on about things that don't matter that much oh my god uh, like that's so crazy that you say that because just today i was thinking i'm so grateful to mads for like world building while also playing the character because i feel like i never fucking do that i'm just like okay so ivy's doing this right now and actually and then like i just like get right into it i'm never like setting the scene in any way <laughs> at all um and I just like really appreciate when you do that in the episodes or like give context or give like physical details and that's something that I cringe at is that like in the beginning I was so worried about like making plot happen or like I guess just like pushing the story forward that I like literally barely give any description after like the very first initial um introduction to ivy and i miss that because it was it was in my head and i can kind of like see it you know visually but i'm like i didn't say any of that 
So it would have been cool to give that to the audience. And you do that. Thank you. I'm over here like, I'm slowing us down. <laughs> oh, nuts. Like, no, you're you. providing the texture. <laughs> it's so good. The other thing y'all did really, really well that I had to like almost change my mindset in storytelling as we progressed was you were so good at integrating uh, your inner thoughts. Like you're now going to speak on like what your character's feeling in that moment to like clue in some like the audience on specific things or tiny little details of um, reminiscing of what the character might be thinking about their history. And that was just so different from how I ever played. And I loved that progression of kind of trying to get adjusted to that style of storytelling as well. So no, you guys were amazing. There was no, there was no, uh, uh, it was an, it was economical. There was no white space. All of it mattered. Yes. And we all like built it together. Like all of our storytelling strengths, I think fed in really well. Um, this past episode was the hardest for me to listen to because <laughs> for many reasons, um, but also, I remember when we were recording this episode, I knew, I kind of knew going in, like, what was going to happen. And, or at least, like, the possibility. If it, if it you know, if the roles turned out, if Adam acted a specific way, I was like, this is what the goo is pushing her to do. But, like, I get in the car and then we don't come back to me for like 45 minutes. And you guys are like planning the exorcism and joking around. And like, we get like Pharaoh going through like the herbs and like, there's so much, there's so much. And the whole time, like, I was just like this. Oh my God. Like just waiting, like stomach churning. And I still felt like echoes of that listening back to it because I knew how anxious I was. And I was still very anxious just to like listen back to it. And like, I didn't know how it would be edited or like cut. And I, I, whoo, I was nervous and it definitely shed a tear, but this was like a really hard one for me to listen to. As I'm editing and I'm doing like cutting the after show and everything too, um, the, the same, um, emotions I think are felt now that they were then but everybody's reaction at the end of that was that you handled that very well and um that you did a great job so while it's definitely a hard moment um I think that it stayed just being it it was done very well so thank you The way that we were all so, like, it was a little bit, like, we got to get used to it at the beginning, and then as it went on, it got easier and easier and easier. We would all just make a decision about something and not look to each other if it was okay or not. We were like, nope, we're doing this. We're going here. This is what's happening. I'm picking this up. I'm doing this this way. And, like, whenever people ask for questions or things like that, like, extra information, I understand, like, wanting to know more about the scene or whatever, but listening to it makes it so choppy. Like, I'll listen to, like, other, like, like live play podcasts and things like that. It's, like, whenever they're just asking, like, oh, well, where is this? Where's this thing? What's that doing? Like, instead of just saying, it's over here and I'm going there now, it's so much more engaging to hear that. Like, okay. <laughs> the most, like, me, like, losing my fucking mind moment was just recently here. Whenever it was, like, 
this whole time that you were it was me that you were messaging like moment like that i remember that happening and being like the what's that fucking meme that like uh uh dimension 20 uh when uh brennan lee mulligan was like you can do that yeah something that happened yeah. i was like you were like the whole time it was me messaging you back and forth and i was i just remember being like <laughs> well i wanted to you get... can do that <laughs> i like i wanted to like story-wise right like if this was a movie uh-huh. that's how it would be so right good. like we'd see 100%. the conversation so good and then we would reveal that it was Ivy the whole time. And so I wanted to bring that in for you, the character, so that you would text as if you were texting Adam. The way, like, you know? And so that's that was my thought process. Did you message Kenzie about that? Or did you just, like, die? No, she just said that. She definitely just said that. And I, because I remember um, I was editing it, and I think how it went was we did the whole scene, and we did more. And then all, like, I was like, okay... Ivy, what are you doing? And April was like, well, she stole Adam's phone. <laughs> so when I edited it, I put that, I changed the placement of that to make it more linear. But um, no, no, I, w- I was unaware of that. But I reacted the way I think we all did, which was like, that is just like really good. That's a really good choice. Mm-hmm. Like It was so good. It doesn't matter that it happened afterward. I- it's a really good choice. Yeah. No, Is there we ever a moment as it. the game master though, where you were like, "Oh, I got, I'm gonna have to put in a couple hours of uh, writing to keep up with that choice." I think I expected Sawyer to push more to investigate um, Sarah more because he was like really into that. But I think simply time constraints on how many episodes we had, it was impossible to do that. Um, I I enjoyed the fact that we got pharaoh like we got all that information through pharaoh which was good um but i, ex- I just expected there to be more of that i think but that was all, all- so, so i feel like sawyer was constantly battling between people not liking him enough to accompany him like either ivy being upset and him being too afraid or whatever yeah <laughs> it's like i don't want to go alone i think i also anticipated ivy dropping adam for kai and then that never happened but those are the only and that wasn't like that wasn't a (laughs) thing that had to happen it was just like i thought that was gonna happen a few times and then april took it in the opposite direction and actually you know what i agree because i also thought that but once adam started like being kind of reintegrated into the group dynamic I was like, oh, there's no way. She's gonna fall right back. But who 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 the TikTok? Who the frick? Who frackle? Oh no, that's Will still we, didn't, we never figured oh, it out. Uh, yeah, was that Kenzie? That's still a mystery. It's it bothers me because I've been I've been listening to episodes like, how the fuck are they right there? <laughs> that was an early thing too, that it was like whenever we were still trying to figure out like plot lines and stuff like that, that I that Caleb was going to latch on to really hard. But then so many other things started happening. I was like, I can't, I can't do the fucking TikTok account and stuff at the same time. I honestly thought, Kenzie, that you were going to have it be Pharaoh being that one. Even, and I was like, and, and like in my head, I was like, okay, this doesn't really seem like a thing that they would do. But like, we're working together to like create this character, basically. 
quickly. So like, I'll figure out a way. And then you just never like, I was just waiting to the side, like, all right, she's going to come over and let me know that I'm the TikTok person at some point. And then you never did. And I was just like, so I mean, how how could it have been fair when they were in the video trying to wipe the dick off of Sawyer's forehead at the party? I don't know. I don't <laughs> no, know. True, true. Hey, hey, can you just record this real quick? <laughs> hey, can we... hey, can you just hold I'm this? doing a good deed and I need it on I camera. Need, I need some good PR with my bro. <laughs> like... Um, yeah, there's a couple, there's a couple questions here that are still going to be mysteries. Like, um, who put up the devil shrine? That's, uh, oh gosh, yeah, we, that's, that's a mystery that is, but you know, I'll, I'll keep my mouth shut, but if you guys have any devil shrine theories, throw them at me. If you don't, that's fine too, because we also, that's not something we spent a lot of time on either. And there was a moment that I was pretty sure that Q was going to be the skin of the devil. Because of Q and making contracts with people. And it never really went further than that. Because a lot of, like, the like the devil's skin is to make, like, transactions, essentially. And Q being at the head of, like, a group of people that make transactions for him. I thought it was going to be Q. But then I, I went on a fake date with Q and I was like, this guy's actually kind of chill. Next question. I, I like this one, and I think it talk. It, we're on the same vein right now of this type of thing. Um, what's a little detail that you love about your character, about the world, um, but didn't get a chance to reveal or explore yet? Sawyer wants so badly to be like a badass biker dude, like so badly. You have no idea. Sawyer watched watched like Near Dark and was like. That's me. I'm a drugged out like vampire biker boy and we never we kind of got to it but he didn't get to that didn't come to fruition fully. Ivy drove it though. That's I know. <laughs> I know. And it, it made sense but like <laughs> Caleb said that you would look nice I don't in a know jacket. If that's really what and he was afraid. Was. He gave up the weeds. He turned Ivy down when she offered to turn him into a vampire, and she drove the bike. Is that really what Sawyer wants? It's not obviously <laughs> deep down, no, but on the surface, it would be really, really cool. I think that kind of segues into my one for Ivy, which is her like halfling status, or like not halfling, her like, yeah. Her, 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 ha- her half-vampire, dumb fear is the word we're, we've been using. Yeah, that status. We, like, obviously touch on it um, a little bit, but I feel like in another world that could have been, like, a huge arc, like, a huge thing. And just, like, the, the like, mortality anxiety that comes with that. Um, and obviously that motivated a lot of her decisions this season, but I think that now that she has done her biggest fear, which is kill one of her friends, uh, that is going to be, like, number one, forefront of her mind. Sawyer, you will become a vampire. Like, <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> you know, that's, like, that's like uh, her, her mission to keep her friends with her forever, I think, would be, like, a big, big motivator if we had another season. I think the big thing that I thought was going to be more like Caleb plot centric um, is that he's in the yearbook club. <laughs> I also 
so dorky. And it's so. It just didn't happen. Like, the whole big thing, too, was that he was going to be very, like, boy detective. Like, and that Sam was going to be his, like, chipper little sidekick throughout the whole thing, too. Like, come on, come on, Caleb. Like, there's a case afoot. Like, there's, like, like something, like, along those lines. They were going to solve mysteries. And, like, that was, that was something that I thought was going to be really cute and really fun. I wanted him to be in a, a dorky little club. And at first I was like, what if there's, like, a photography club? What if? there's like something else and then i was like going off of that idea of photography and i was like yearbook club and then he'll be at because for the yearbook club you have to go to all the events like to be taking pictures and like keeping track of everything that's going on like he would essentially have his little like red line like bullet point board at home of all the events that he went to around wildmore and then catalog everything that way which is also at the beginning why he was so intrigued by the TikTok account and, like, figuring out who did it. But then everything else just started happening. Like, oh. And he couldn't keep track of it anymore. And then it became not as big of a focus as, like, what was going on with Adam? What was going on with Ivy? Like, what was going on between him and Sawyer? And then, like, I tried all to pull it in stuff. one time with yeah the, with Ryan Bishop's uh, memorial, but then we didn't actually get to do that because there yeah, wasn't we enough didn't time. Act it out. There just um, wasn't time. Yeah, like, it's one of those things because, like, whenever you have like a campaign like this that is so freeform, it's made like that so that you can go, you can play it for years. And you can be playing it for years with the same characters. And then when you are starting to run out of things, then they graduate from, like, that year. And they go to the next year of high school. Like, we didn't have that. Like, so it's like, oh, no, we wanted to do so many things. It's like, hey, they they might still. I think um, the stuff that I, like, like want Pharaoh, what would want to, like, focus on with Pharaoh isn't so much, like, quirks of theirs or anything like that. Because I feel like we've got, like, a pretty good idea of, like, rebel kid they're also still really young they really know like themselves but just like their relationships with other characters specifically annabelle and uh touching more on elias as basically like we pretty much set it up like he's becoming like a father figure for pharaoh and then sawyer's mom um because pharaoh like because they didn't have like a like a structured family unit growing up just so you guys know like their mom is like a night nurse at like a hospital so she's like hardly ever around and it's just pretty much them like they they have like they they're gonna have a tendency to want to like catch them all basically like like gathering all these different family members and just like bringing people close to them even though they're outwardly being like i'm just such a cool you know what i mean so i think um i would have i would have loved to just see uh like pharaoh with like their chosen family or even blood family that like they're not close with more because I think that would have been very cool to watch them squirm a little bit but also because they they love Annabelle like Sawyer I think you <laughs> Sawyer Brennan um, <laughs> I think you mentioned like one of the reasons that Sawyer was so quick to like not necessarily like but like tolerate Pharaoh at the beginning was how because he saw how they were with Annabelle. Mm, 100%. Um, and so I think that'd just be really cool to, like, watch those relationships grow. And I also had, like, 
this is just like a like a like a head cannon, which I don't know if it makes it canon because I'm the character, but like of Mad said that at some point too. Mad just like I head cannon that <laughs> yeah, like is no, it- this is monster arts. I cannon cannon my best friend. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> but I also like the idea of Elias and Pharaoh's mom basically having joint custody school year. Pharaoh's at Wildmore the summer they go back to the city, and because of that situation, however they like pitch it to Pharaoh's mom. Um, like Pharaoh's mom and Elias end up hitting it off because they're like, yeah, we're dealing with this fucking kid so much. And Pharaoh's like, oh, I hate this actually. But they don't actually. But they're like, this is the worst thing ever. But it's like kind of the best thing ever. Um, Just like I love I love like family, you know, like building and stuff. And I just that's cute. Just, it, right? Yeah. You accidentally parent trap them. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was a reverse parent trap where I was just like I did not want this to happen I did want it to happen it would be really interesting to see the relationship grow between Sawyer and Pharaoh as like you know you're kind of gaining a crumbled family and my family is crumbling like, cr- and so we like halfway. meet. yeah exactly I also think uh, whenever it came to like characteristics about Pharaoh and Sawyer like either we are like basically identical on something or just so far opposite you're like how the fuck are you even relate kind of thing um i would just love to see like more things like that like what are some other things that we either agree or just like you're an idiot for thinking that yeah, kind yeah. Of. <laughs> on like what do you mean you don't like 80s movies fair what the fuck like <laughs> that was a moment <laughs> we would not have a relationship i mean we will not have a relationship <laughs> until you start watching it's something. gonna take some time <laughs> uh it's about jordan and it says, she's also, like, super into our fan favorite NPC, right? Um, which, as we'll see at the end of the epilogue, uh, definitely into our precious baby boy, Sam. It's kind of, like, in a little bit of an in-between, like, not officially dating, but dating. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, we got that. Something, actually, that was... I thought was like never explored was like the um because gay boys but like the fact that after Ivy feeds on Caleb and Sawyer that they would be having like weird mixed feelings about Ivy for a little bit but you were both just so in love with each other that it literally never came up. I I think what's interesting is I think we I don't want to pat ourselves on the back too much but I think we did such a good job at like showing growth and motivation that while like in a very brief moment ivy the ivy and sawyer thing could have happened but it it did like in that moment it didn't so and it was so true to character that there wasn't a lot of space in the story for what was said not to be believed Mm -hmm. yeah totally i agree I'm super glad it didn't. I'm super glad everything happened the way that it did. I was rooting for April or for Ivy and Natalie. I was. I was rooting. Who, Natalie? I was rooting for Natalie and anyone. Just God in damn. general, I was yeah. For Natalie and herself. Man, yeah, same. She she needs some some confidence that like she needs to find, and maybe someone can help her with that. But it was not going to be Ivy. No, I have a. a- theory that if we do have a season two that natalie will will become the big bad that's valid like, that girl was put through the ringer emotionally 
I, I, the fact that I like do not even address her in the epilogue, no, yeah. Yeah. No. I leave her. She just literally she disappears after homecoming. Some, disappears. Disappears. And like it's so, it is so in character for Ivy. Like she's so caught up. But like I know, I kind of was okay with leaving that string dangling because I was like, oh, that's a really great place to like pick up if we pick up the story, like, the, the consequences of our actions. And I think that's why, like, these these stories are, like, so, like, real-feeling, is because in real life, teenagers are butt-wipes, and, like, they make bad decisions, or, like, they just don't understand, like, how one thing can affect another, and I think all of us, like, played, like, a good dumb teen at one point or another, just like, oh, consequences. Right. Shit. Oh, other people have feelings. Like, what? Oh, shit. It's not all about me. Like, e- every teenager is like that. Like, yeah. Just because your frontal lobe is not, not, it's physically not developed yet. And I think. It's, it's, it's goo. It's, it's just, a little goo sheet. It's, it's goo. goo. It's the goo. It's the goo in everyone's frontal lobes in Wildmore. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry, guys. It's not because they're dumb teens. It's because of the goo. It's, it's, the, the, it's goo. the goo. We're blaming monster. the goo doing that what's next on the list well this question says did the witch dj have shit going down the night of the quarry party or was that just part of the show or what makes her so good and i would like to just make it clear that jordan is not the witch skin um and that during the quarry party she had nothing nefarious on her mind but uh, there are side effects to her music, and so that was kind of the result of that. Qu- question. What percentage of Wildmore High students are not human? Outside of the skins I have for you, the skins I have for Ivy's dad's, I have a skin for Kai, Naya, Jordan, and Adam. That's but it. When and the ghost that's living in happens. Ivy's house. Oh. And the ghost that's living in Ivy's house, which yeah. I actually never created. Yeah. I never, like, actively created a skin for uh Well, there's, like, ghost and ghost Jane. skins that she can have. She um, was just, like, more of, like, just a ghost. Go- like, a literal say. ghost. Wait, okay. C- question for Ashley. Did you know... Was it always this episode that you were going to hop in on? Like, reveal yourself? Or did you know it had to be, like, at the very end of that episode? Or could you have, like, revealed yourself at any point during the Halloween episode? I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure that we we that, that, uh, we decided, like, I would be, like, popping out at the end and then, like, cutting off um, at the Halloween episode after Kenzie had planned that because we were trying to find the right time to, like, drop the pharaoh bomb in we we both decided that the biggest impact would be for it to come out when you see william well that's right that's right and there was no good way to make that happen until that episode because pharaoh's whole thing was there being like a spy basically they wouldn't have like voluntarily revealed who they were unless if the one person who would recognize them for who they were was like right there um and they just had to like sort of spin it to their advantage somehow and we did want it to be the cliffhanger of the episode too so oh yeah 
Yeah. Yeah, it was great. I like how y'all yelled at me afterwards. That was very fun. That was a good moment. I've never been so shocked. <laughs> I'm just curious for you, when that information was revealed, did you initially react, like, in character, like, Sawyer was like, oh, shit, or were you Brennan being like, oh, shit? Does that make sense? <laughs> like, yeah, when both. Hap- yeah, both. <laughs> both okay. is the answer. No, I went brain dead. I was like, uh... And then Sawyer was, I mean, I, I don't know, man. I was an instantly just like, that's not true. Is that true? That's true? And then it, the episode ended. That's as much as we got in that time, too. And then I had a week to just be like, fuck. <laughs> Stew on it. Yeah. Oh, I've never been more nervous to say two words. Oh, my God. Yeah. I was just waiting like. What was the what was the scene I that I like listened to again that was like the the prom one or whatever uh asking out Q and Q being like like uh, I'm not I'm not gay or anything like that and Caleb's like well I am what you want a cookie like you want like, here's a gold star woohoo you're straight you're so normal oh my god now moving on like <laughs> Caleb's like I'm doing business right now (laughs) i think q is on a um path to self-discovery so we'll see how straight he stays q finds himself i i don't like saying that all people who are like homophobic or transphobic are actually just gay or trans i hate saying that because i think that people are actually hateful and that that could be a thing but i think that like the quickness and shift from like saying something transphobic to feeling really guilty and sorry about that to now saying something not homophobic, but just like wanting to make sure that you know that he's straight. I don't know. I just think that like there's, I think there are signs that maybe he's got some work to do on himself. He really dressed up for your date. He really he dressed up for the date. Caleb was full expecting him, like, not to put any effort in at all and be like, whatever, it's going to be the wow factor of just fucking Q showing up here and everyone going nuts. And Q dressed up. He looked good. Good for him. I hope he figures his shit out. Yeah, I feel like Q could be, like, a blossoming they them. Like, he needs some time, though. Time is in, like, a, a season two or something. Uh, moving along. Uh... <laughs> How did Gregor get indebted to the Duncans? Crawled out of the fucking crypt. I'm not really gonna talk about Gregor in case we come back to this story, but I don't think that he was indebted to the Duncans. They met him, some attraction drew them to him, and so like Eleanor and the other people that have passed through Blackthorn Manor, he just kind of became the object of their desire for a bit. And so, like, just at that time, he was their paramour in their house. To confirm, Gregor was the one who, like, raised the flag a little bit on Ivy's existence to the Coterie, right? No, Gregor was the one that showed up to the hospital with Sam. We, I guess we might not have been at Ivy's house for a while, but after he was at the hospital, he wasn't really around anymore. They don't ever specify. I would just it, It's just my theory that it was Gregor. I kind of thought that it might be whoever runs the TikTok account. Mm. Because they were... Because he's like, that's a great idea. Um, <laughs> Stop giving your ideas. 
Um, just because, like, I thought that whoever runs a TikTok account, like, has knowledge of the supernatural in Wildmore, pretty obviously, and is, like, threatening to expose us kind of explicitly, and so I thought that it was that person, whoever it is. Yeah, it's never explicitly stated, it just says someone that we had brought into our house betrayed us. And, April, when you were creating... Uh, this you kind of talked about it as like being a polycule of sorts they just have a lot of people yeah. in and out and they're like pretty open relationship sexually wise so yeah absolutely I just wanted that to be shown and so to have Gregor or and Eleanor there at the very beginning to show that there was um, that type of open relationship was kind of why he was there I think that was so smart of you because I think that Gabriel and Bast wouldn't think that that that's just like how they've lived their very long lives but because Ivy is so new in their lives like they wouldn't maybe have assessed the risk of that of like having you know a bunch of people like come in and be welcomed into their home when they have Ivy who's so risky a damn always considered I mean interview with a vampire um, any, like, child vampire is always considered a super dangerous thing, and we don't know if Ivy will ever be an adult. Will her Isn't that scary? cortex ever mm-hmm. fully develop? The world may never She's know. She's always just gonna be this. <laughs> God. This kind- this level of unhealthy. That's what I mean, like, this is going to be forefront of her brain now. What's the story about the- only other attempted exorcism at Obsidian is that why Drummond has a stick up her ass. Um, I don't think that Drummond necessarily has a stick up her ass. I think narratively she's being perceived through the eyes of a 14 year old who hates authority. (laughs) 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 And who also blackmailed the said 14 year old into working for the authority, but it's fine. Correct, but, like, that doesn't mean she has a stick up her ass. That means that she's a bad person. <laughs> yeah, she's, <laughs> she's, she's a girl boss, I think. Like, the wor- in the worst way that you yeah. can be a girl boss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Gaslight. <laughs> you, you're dealing with a secret government organization that... has been around for who knows how long, has been dealing with the shit for who knows how long. Um, but it's still supernatural shit. So, like, no matter how much of it you've dealt with, it's never going to be the same thing. Um, yeah, and I think probably the previous exorcism went the route of religion, and then that fucked shit up, and they realized that doesn't work because bringing religion into it just adds another type of supernatural element that doesn't necessarily coexist with what they were trying to do in the first place. Between Sawyer and Caleb, who crushed first? Who fell first? Who fell harder? No, um, but, like, when did y'all really realize... As characters. When did the characters realize that they liked each other? Okay, as players first, like, one of the bits uh, with the werewolf is that um, uh, I have, like, developed a fixation 
on someone and I get two strings on them because like I have been like studying them and I know so much about them. And we were talking like at the very, very beginning, whenever we were still like fleshing these characters out, um, like we, we also had like a session where it was like just Caleb and Ivy, like trying to flesh out like things like relationships between them and stuff. And we had this discussion with um, like between like Caleb and Sawyer, like how they would know each other, their relationships. Um, and that Sawyer had like kind of a crush on Adam and then for Caleb, we were talking about, like, well, of course, like, another person is in love with Adam. Of course, another person is, because he gets all the attention, he does everything. And that's whenever we brought up, um, it's going to come up in the epilogue, um, like, how they first started playing Crush and Egg together. Uh, and, like, that that was, like, Adam's thing first, that uh, Adam was teaching Caleb how to play, and... Caleb was kind of like the, here you go, kid, like, here's the second controller that's not plugged into anything so that he could play too. Uh, but then Adam went away to, like, camp or something, like, hockey camp or something like that for the summer. And Caleb by, was by himself trying to play Crush and Egg. And Sawyer came over looking for Adam, but then was like, oh, you're playing a game? I want to play a game. And so then they started, like, playing together and would hang out more often. And so Caleb was like, this is a person now that's coming over, not just for, like, first he came over for my brother, now he's coming over for me, though. So there was, like, this very, like, small childhood crush that Caleb always had on Sawyer, because, like, he saw that other side of Sawyer, that it's like, you're not just here, like, part of the group, or for Adam, you're also here for me now. Like, this is my person, this is my special one. Um... So I think he always kind of harbored that little crush. And as they got older, and also there was more separation between them too, that it turned into Caleb just like whenever he would get bored or something like that, like stalk him online. Like every everyone has done this before. It's just like, hmm, what's going on over there? And you go through like all of their Instagram and then you accidentally like like one that was from a year ago and you're like, fuck! <laughs> the best is though with Sawyer's Instagram is it's just like grass and tree bark and yeah, yeah cool as that yeah, yeah. <laughs> god damn it yeah Sawyer's side is kind of similar as well where it was like the crush and egg thing was like okay I enjoy being around this person more than I thought up until this point and then it was not until Caleb wasn't there that Sawyer started to begin to feel like something was missing. Um, and then it just kind of, I think, naturally progressed throughout our season. I think the seeds were there, but there was never like a like an aha moment. I know that there was like a moment April was getting antsy for you guys to get your act together. And there was a moment where you both said something along the lines of like, well, this one thing, I know, like, we can't do this because we know cr the crush and egg day is going to happen. And, like, that has to happen for this to feel like it's right and that we did this. And I think that I'm, while it meant you guys had less time, I think that it was really smart for you guys to wait until it was a good time for it to happen or wait till the necessary 
relationship things develop because I think then in the end it was all the more um, fulfilling um, in the story. I screamed. I cried. We made you wait. Cheered. Yeah, I know. Wait. We love a slow burn. I really thought y'all were gonna like divergence and that was 13 <laughs> episodes in it was so funny like having that scene at prom with like all of these or at homecoming at fucking prom uh at homecoming with like our characters like finally like getting to talk and then going out to dance and that little kiss and everything and like we were so focused on like what was happening and that we were like watching each other's screens at one point i like glance to the side to see april's screen and april is an oh, she's inch like away from <laughs> her camera crying. she's she's, she's like <laughs> yeah <laughs> she's just her eyes are welling up and she's like i wanted it to happen so bad there are so many moments in the recordings leading up to that that april was muted on zoom but her audacity was still recording <laughs> and she's just like kiss 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 wow my favorite my favorite boys i love them so much this is a good question just for everyone like labels are kind of meaningless at the end of the day like labels are there for us to define them and to help define ourselves when we're trying to explain like aspects of gender and sexuality to the outside world but, like, at the end of the day, they're so fucking fluid and they change all the goddamn time that it doesn't really matter. But what, for all of our characters, are their, like, gender identities and sexualities? Or, like, romantic attractions, too. This is a great question because someone, one of you asked this question, like, on our very first after show or something. So it's a good question to come back to and see if anybody's perceptions minds have changed after playing a whole season. Maz, you want to go first? <laughs> yeah, I'll go first. I brought it up, I guess. <laughs> Caleb is trans mask. I think he is he's just he him pronouns. I think he is probably more like binary trans. So he doesn't lean into like any kind of like non-binary like aspects. Like he very firmly is like, no, I'm a I'm a guy. I'm a man. That is who I am. Um, I think his... He's gay, also. Um, I don't know as far as, like, romantic attractions and things like that go. Like, if he's maybe, like, demi-romantic or there's, like, something, like, else that's going on there. Because, like, specifically, like, the stuff with Sawyer, like, like that that came from, like, such a long harbored crush that was also built off of a friendship that like maybe maybe that is something too as far as like romantic attraction for him goes but he's gay like he is attracted to men and he can look at other men and be like oh no that yeah that's amazing that's great like and not have any trouble in that department of stuff but as far as like romantic like stuff developing i think he has to have that it's that demi-romantic like they have to be friends first. Jumping off of that, I mean, Sawyer um, also began demi-romantic, and uh, he's he-him pronouns. Um, and I think for a while, Sawyer was almost leaning like, am I just like more asexual, just like straight up, or uh, what is this? And as time progressed, it definitely like 
reaffirmed as Demi. There were definitely moments throughout as well where I could see uh, Sawyer just being uh, Pan. And um, yeah, I think for Sawyer, people are people. And that's that's about it as long as it's just the, the trust and the relationship that that grows beforehand. Ivy uses she, her pronouns and is a chaos bisexual. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, growing up with two gay dads who love each other so fiercely and love so many other people. Um, I don't think that like, it took a really long time for Ivy to even like be introduced to the idea of monogamy and not that this is like, you know, within the same realm necessarily but just something I wanted to talk about with her and I think that was something that she was struggling with because like she was very in love with Adam and very in love with Kai (laughs) and uh it was just an interesting thing for her to have to deal with and because the rest of the world is so different and it was just like this colliding thing of like again being in like the vampire world where everyone kind of you know loves everyone you live for so long like you're going to experience feelings of attraction to basically everyone um but then the other half of her being like in a american high school where it's like oh my god so and so looked at another person so now we're beefing um and those two forces kind of like really work on her but yeah, she she likes all genders. She loves all genders. They just gotta be hot. Pharaoh, uh, their pronouns are they them. Um, their mom is uh, either pi- pansexual, bisexual, and like so they've had like a queer influence on their life, like growing up, um, which is one of the more positive things that their mother has provided. Uh, and so I think coming to the realization that, hey, I'm not a boy or a girl, like, very young, was just sort of like, okay, cool. But it wasn't, like... They, they were very comforted in their gender, but, like, when it comes to their sexuality, they're at a point right now at, like, 14 years old where they're under the assumption that eventually I will find someone attractive. Sure, I've, I've never been sexually attracted to anybody, and I've never had a crush or anything like that, but that's just because I was a kid, right? Like, kids don't get crushes and stuff. Yes, they do. Um... <laughs> Like, and so, like, at this point, they're like, yeah, it'll, it'll, like, I'll have these feelings that everyone's talking about and making such a big deal about eventually. But, like, because they're not experiencing that, and spoiler alert, they're asexuals, so they probably won't. <laughs> like, they, it's just not even on their radar, like, in the slightest. Yeah, it never came up, but there, in Monster Hearts, there is um, a way to for someone who wants to identify as asexual to still use like the turn someone on um and there's like a whole asexuality mechanic um that actually it never needed to come up but if yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah. if if if, uh farah needed that you could use but maybe in season two (laughs) um so sam is uh he uh not like binary trans um like caleb is i think that they're trans mask and okay with femininity femininity as long as it doesn't make people perceive them as a girl painted nails jewelry that time of thing but like the whole being velma was like a big thing um for them like putting the skirt on was a 
big thing that they didn't really want to do. So yeah, I think that's where they are. And I I didn't put a lot of time really into thinking about Sam's sexuality because I think that I also thought somewhere on the ace spectrum for and I don't think there's been enough time to really explore that or explore the relationship with Jordan to really understand yet um, um, where they're coming from to be able to like pinpoint that. Do you think they could be like asexual but like biromantic? Like crushes and romantic feelings come very easily and strongly, but... I just don't know. I just haven't figured out yet if they're like purely asexual or just on that yeah. that spectrum somewhere like um, in the umbrella definitely somewhere. definitely crush easy easy crusher easy crusher oh um, my sweet baby but i think this was a great question to re-bring up because it was so fun to hear you guys all talk about it because when we first asked the question we hadn't played these characters yet and all of you were like i don't know i just kind of see how it goes no labels yet and i think that was like i think it's cool to see that after playing you like found an identity for uh, the person that you play. I think that's really cool. It was that's fun to see the little growth there. Um, so, Maz, thanks we for just thanks love for our, question. our little babies. <laughs> yeah, it's our little babies. Everyone kind of hates this question, but I'm gonna pose it anyways. Okay, where do you see your character in the future in like 15 years? Where would you like them? Where would you hope for them to be? <laughs> Mads, they'll be like your age. <laughs> yeah, what of it? <laughs> Just say so you can speak from experience, because you know what it's like being. I, I've I've lived for so long, three whole fucking decades. Uh, uh, yeah, I know so much. Well, I'll I'll start out with Sam, um, because I like talking about them. Um, I think that this video game that they're making with Caleb and Sawyer is going to set them on a specific track that I know that they've gone to coding camp and they know how to do all that stuff, but I don't think that they ever really thought about it. I don't think they've ever like necessarily thought actively about their future. They're pretty much a here and now present moment type of individual, but I think that, I think that they would probably work towards that. I think that that would send them probably through like college and game design and somewhere into uh the workforce there i don't think they'd ever make um i don't think that their like uh genre of game would be like the games that they play with caleb so like the shooter games that type of thing i think they would make more of level style crush and egg mario uh super mario type of uh games they're also a person who's like can get comfortable in something really easily and and is like okay if something is monotonous and unchanging and so depending on jordan i think that they would they would never do anything to not be with jordan unless jordan did something to not be with them god see i thought you were gonna ask this question but it'd be like five years five years what y'all gonna be in college because you're high schoolers and that's what they tell you to do i don't think pharaoh would go to college i think they would go to trade school if anything um and i think that they would like i don't know if they would settle in the city or wild war but i don't think that they would like go out and travel a bunch 
um, because I think they would, like, set up, like, a freelancing shop for, like, you know, like, locksmithing or, like, small car repairs or, like, hey, you need me to come, like, do fix, like, a window, like, like, random, like, little, like, uh, like, side questy things like that to support themselves. Um, but I think when it comes to, like, the relationships that they build here, hopefully they all last very long. I think Damien, they didn't really, they took Damien for, adva- t- took advantage of Damien, I think, mostly in, like, this first season. But I think once they, like, don't have a mission that they're trying to accomplish, they'll actually get close with him. Uh, and they'll actually become very, very good friends. Um, and I would like to think that, like, as Annabelle gets older, they'll go over to, like, Pharaoh's shop and, like, pick up on some things if she gets interested in any sort of tinkering or whatnot. Um, the Pharaoh might be, like, the cool, um, I don't know the non-binary word for, like, uncle or aunt, but, like, the cool older adult that's related to me. <laughs> what is yeah, it? I don't think I know either. There's a couple of words. A-U-N-C-L-E. Uncle. It's bad. It. The other better one is auntie. Auntie? <laughs> auntie? Auntie, that sounds like a drag name, hunty. Yes, auntie. Auntie's hunty. Let's go. <laughs> that's <laughs> better. That's much better. It's rough. That's, that's kind of I mean, hilarious. Yeah. It, they're both bad. They're bad like nibbling is bad. Yeah. Like I, it's just oh, like. I hate that, that's the one that, oh, I, I that left that. my brain just, was nibbling. It's so I bad. fucking hate that word. We as a community It makes my better. skin crawl. I don't like it. Because there's, there's siblings, but there's such, like, a big age difference. I think it'd be, like, more like an aunt or uncle relationship um, that they go to whenever they get in trouble. They're like, I don't want to call my parents. Hey, Pharaoh. <laughs> and Pharaoh's like, I got you, kid. And also, I'd be interested to see what Annabelle calls Pharaoh for instead of Sawyer. Yeah, like, hey, I know my brother, and I know you, and you seem more equipped for this particular scenario. <laughs> Sawyer probably would have went on to study... Um, biology, um, uh, herpetology, uh, zoology, and is probably out <laughs> in Mexico City um, working on the axolotl paradox. I don't know if anybody knows what that is, but it's the most interesting yeah, thing. Yeah, please, ex- please explain. Okay, okay, okay. It's special interest time. Let's go. Let's okay. go. The axolotl paradox. Okay, so axolotls are an animal that... Um, can regrow their limbs throughout their entire lives. But not only can they regrow their limbs, they can regrow their heart, their brains, any organ within their body because they, uh, as most reptiles would, except for the axolotl or amphibians, um, they hit a point of maturity where they would stop doing that. They would stop regrowing. But axolotls do it throughout their whole maturity. The paradox is that axolotls, there are... Uh, They are an endangered species. However, there are millions of them. The millions of them are kept in captivity and are interbred with salamanders. So they do not have their core like base DNA. There are less than like 45 in this one specific lake in Mexico City that are wild axolotls. And why this is important is because if we can get the right studies done on these wild axolotls, we can cure things like cancer, dementia, a lot of age-related diseases. And if Sawyer can help cure age-related diseases for humans, he can spend a lot more time with Ivy. Okay. That's good. That's good. I like that. This is only the third time April's cried. That's crazy, okay? That's crazy. (laughs) We've been laughing a lot. Yeah, we have been laughing a lot. I have an idea for Caleb that is going to... It's... 
it's not as fun. It's a little depressing. And that actually plays into it really well, too. Because, like, Caleb and Sawyer are dating now. They're sophomores in high school. And, like, the statistical likelihood of sophomores in high school, like, staying together forever. Like, their interests are going to change. Their career paths are going to divert. Also, a big thing for Caleb that is going to hit him really, really, like, now he's kind of in the thick of it. So it's not as present on his brain. He's worried about what's in front of him right now. A big thing for Caleb that was touched on with some of the flashbacks, too, is that he always dreamed of getting out of Wildmore. That he wasn't going to be trapped there like his brother was, like his whole family was, like everyone else in the town was, that he was going to be the one to get out. And whenever, like, people would talk about him, they would it would be like, yeah, the kid that got out of here. Because that's very much like, I don't know, it, like, small town, like, growing up, it's like if you stay there forever, then you stay there forever. And whenever you go back and visit those people, they're at the same fucking dive bar that you left them at. It's like, what are you doing with your life? I hope it's fulfilled. Like, but it wasn't for me. Um, Caleb saw himself as that person. Like, everyone else is going to keep doing their thing here and I'll come back for holidays. But I'm going places. I'm leaving this town behind. And any any attachments that I have with it will also be left here and I'll go somewhere else and do something else. And he didn't know what he wanted or where he wanted to go. But he just knew it wasn't Wildmore. And now he's the inheritor of the wolf. And the inheritor of the wolf has to stay there. And so that's going to be something that, like, it's it's not just that it, he has to stay there because of family lines. I like to think of it that, like, the wolf itself knows that that's where its home is and that's where it needs to stay. So even if he would try and leave, he would always be drawn back, no matter what. He would never be able to really escape it. I think that's going to become a big thing for him when everyone starts to go to college. And he wants to go too, and he wants to leave, and maybe he tries to leave and tries to get out. But, like, the wolf is so insistent that he has to go back to Wildmore, and that's where it's supposed to stay, that he probably has to drop out. And any friends that he may have started to make, he can't explain to them why he suddenly has to drop out of school and why he has to leave them. He'll probably blame, like, health or something else, and then he just kind of ghosts them and distances distances himself away from them because like they can't know that it's because of a curse of a gift that he has that he'll have forever that he has to stay in his hometown forever um his parents would probably try and help him get back on his feet after that knowing that he has to stay setting himself up with maybe like Sarah's old house so that at least he has some independence that he can go there. Maybe he takes classes at a local community college or he does school online just to be able to have that kind of fulfillment and enrichment. Um, I'm sure he's still friends with Sam that wherever Sam ends up that they'll always at least have their online friendship because that's what they had first too. So they know that it works. Um, I feel like Caleb would also start to get resentful, though, of people that were allowed to leave, like Sawyer. Mm, yeah. And maybe first, at first, Caleb and Sawyer would try and go, like, long distance or try something like that. And I think Caleb would try and wall off and isolate himself. And Sawyer physically not being there either 
wouldn't be able to contact him if Caleb isn't answering his phone again. I like to think that maybe in the long run, after that, like, those are their late teens and early 20s, and then they have time apart from each other. And Caleb always know that, knows that Sawyer comes back to visit for the holidays and to see Ivy and maybe avoids them. I think Caleb and Ivy are probably still going to be close because there is that, like, shared everything that they have and kind of being like these, we're the only ones that no one can fucking kill here. Yeah. Like, there's a, there's a special bonding that the two of them have that feels like a sibling bonding, too, now that, like, Adam isn't around anymore. Yeah. Um... I feel like Caleb probably gets really, really fucking angry whenever he's stuck behind and Ivy is the one that he's able to confide in. Because also, like, Ivy has to deal with immortality. Like, Caleb, like, knows that the wolf will keep him alive for longer than a standard human would. Unless something kills him. Like, uh, but he's not gonna live forever, but at least it's something that they can bond over, and especially just this, like, secret that the rest of the world will never be able to relate to them with. Yeah, I like to think that there comes a time that maybe not in 15 years, maybe in, like, 20 years, maybe they've each had their fair share of relationships and, like, fallouts, and maybe there's even a fucking, like, divorce thrown in there or something. But eventually Sawyer comes back to Wildmore and, like, happens upon Caleb whenever he's out in the woods because, like, his dad's getting older now. His dad can't be the one to take care of everything that's out there. And Sawyer, with all of, like, the biology, like, degrees and, like, herpetology and everything that goes on outside, even though, like, Caleb's learning is all through, like, learning from doing, like, learning through his parents. And then now it's Sawyer coming in with the book smarts. And it was, like, the flip reverse of that, that maybe they could rekindle something whenever they're in their, like, mid-30s. But who knows? Yeah. I don't think it's going to last between them, though, unfortunately. Yeah, if the cycle sort of repeated itself in a weird way, that it would make a lot of sense. Do you think that Caleb, out of frustration, would give Sawyer an ultimatum? It's like, if you if you really loved me, you'd come back. And you'd be miserable here with me. But instead, you're off living your dream life saving the world fuck off go save the world and it's like that that frustration of like he can save the world but he can't save me it's like dude you can't do that to someone though you have to fucking learn to save yourself like and then maybe he has that time to grow and process and everything else where he's like okay i'm comfortable where i am now i'm here and i'm drawn here and i'll stay here but i have roots here i have ivy here i have maybe some maybe he opens up like a little shop or something like that like a little a little comic store because there's one in like the city that we went to but there's not one in Wildmore. so maybe he opens up his own little like video game shop or something that like just could give him fulfillment while he's like taking care of like all of like like his family's property and still overseeing like his time as the wolf that's so, it's so interesting that you said that you think that Caleb and Ivy will, like, cling to each other a bit, because that was also one of my instincts. As April, the player, I have an idea of what I think 
Ivy's immortality looks like, which is I think that she's going to get a little bit older and then stop um, aging. But Ivy doesn't know what's going to happen to her. And I think she's going to really spin out in the next 15 years. I think that, again, like this taste of mortality with Adam and like Sawyer's mom and like a bunch of other people I think this is going to like really send her into a tailspin as soon as she's outside of like the high school um, boundaries I don't think she's gonna go to college I think she's going to take off and travel the world but also just like appear back in Wildmore like Kayla she'll be like in Australia and Caleb will be like hey life sucks right now what are you doing and Ivy will be like on a plane to see you right now um (laughs) but then also just like showing up at Sawyer's school like a party that he's at and literally just like showing up and being like hey you partying without me and then making a fool of herself or just like being really chaotic and then They'll fight about that. And I think that if Sawyer refuses Ivy's offer of immortality, or rather every time he does, because I think he's going to for the foreseeable future, it's going to make her more and more hurt and more and more pissed off and uh, cause her to act out a lot. It doesn't feel like the the next 15 years are going to be some of like the worst for Ivy. I I truly enjoy... Me being like, yeah, Sam's gonna like do the thing that they found that they loved in this moment, and Brennan was like, yeah, so I was gonna like go follow the axolotls, and then you guys are like, life's gonna fucking suck. Gonna suck for <laughs> the a while. humans have got it on lock, y'all. <laughs> the human milestones are like the big mate, you know, like start a family, have kids, whatever. All that stuff is generally in like the next fifteen years, like you know, Gosh. or at least it, it begins. Ivy will put so much pressure on Sawyer to like, I have to get these degrees. I have to figure out this problem with like aging. I have to stop the aging process for humans to find another situation where we can be together rather than accepting this. And and Ivy's like, just fucking, there's an easy way out. Just fucking do this. Why wouldn't you just, you're already striving for this. Just do this now. Yeah. What's the difference? Yeah. Yeah. But also, I do think, like, yeah, that she's going to meet a lot of people and, like, love a lot of people and see the world because she is free. She doesn't have to be with, like, it was her turn for the heart, but now it's not anymore. She's free um, to go places. And I think that maybe she'll try to take Caleb on some trips and, like, be kind of like gently disappointed but understanding when he has to go um i think that she'll send pharaoh like postcards and weird tchotchkes from everywhere she goes but i don't know if they'll ever be like incredibly close i feel like they still are very like like scared not scared of each other but like I don't, like, I still think they don't fully, yeah, they don't fully trust each other still. It's, it's weird because I think if Pharaoh ever 
found out that immortality was an option for Sawyer, they would be hit with that old, like, no matter how how much older they had gotten, they would be hit that old, like, bat of jealousy over their head. Like, Sawyer always gets all the shit. Like, he had the dad and the da-da-da-da. But I don't think that they would, like, approach Ivy about it at all. Because they're like, okay, that would be something that I have to actually, like, think about. And I don't know if I want to deal with that. I'm good. Um, But I think when it comes to, like, Ivy, I don't know. Like, cause, because Pharaoh has, like, clear connections to Sawyer. And, like... Sawyer and uh, and Pharaoh and Caleb like have a lot in common as well in regards like hey same hat, transkit whatever. Ivy is just like so different from everyone. Not just that everyone Pharaoh's ever met, but so different from everyone. She's everything and she's so special and smart and like funny and all these things. And I think Pharaoh is a little intimidated by that, but it's also like very alluring in a way that they don't know how to quite place. Um, and so they're, they like watching you from a distance, like watching Ivy do her thing to Pharaoh is like the most fascinating thing in the entire world. So every time like she sends like a little like knickknack or whatever, they're just like, this is going on the shelf. She's going to have a story about this when she comes back. I'll be like, where the fuck did you find this? And she'll be like, oh, is it this like one like secret market or whatever in Barcelona or something? I think there will always be like a wariness towards her too. And then also like as much as I think that she really cares for Kai and that they will I see them you know especially like in the immediate future there's gonna be a lot with Kai Kai's not going anywhere either even if it was the choice that was made for her she's known her whole life that she's Wildmore is where she's gonna be or wherever her family is right outside of Wildmore and I actually think that's gonna lead because we didn't get a lot between her and Caleb and I think the fact that Caleb comes back and that you've all kind of signed your names onto the new treaty, um, I think her and Caleb are going to have a pretty close relationship, even if it's like, quote unquote, professional um, in the future. And I think there's I think there's always going to be it's kind of the bittersweet of of good high school relationships is like the just the bittersweetness of when Ivy comes back she's around and it's like oh you know what once was type of thing ivy's always gonna like her ivy's always gonna have a really like soft spot for kai and you know obviously she'll be like out gallivanting the world and just are they hot to so so many people in the world but i i think that she will like still contact Kai pretty frequently and, like, come back when it's not really necessary and maybe even, like, say it's for Caleb, but it's really just like, I miss you, what's up? Hey, do you still think I'm unimpressive and not scary and all these things that I love? (laughs) But I also think her dads are gonna, like, not only let her do this, but encourage her because they know, you know, they... Ivy's known her whole life, but at some point, even though it was millennia ago, each of them had the moment where they had to face immortality. And they know that this is something that you just have to go through. And I think they'll be like, we, we have uh, endless credit. Just, just hand you a just, platinum just, card. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> just, just go. Um, especially Bast. I think that 
Ivy and Bast are going to have a lot to talk about in the next few years. Um, not that Gabriel has never killed anyone, but I just think that, like, that's, like, that's the dad she's going to go to with that. So by 50, do we all see everyone coming together, the four of us, to destroy Wildmore forever? <laughs> just burn it <laughs> to just the destroy ground. Destroy the heart. I don't think so. We're all so intrinsically linked to it. It's kind of like one of those things of, like, is my destruction worth saving the rest of the world for you know it's one of those big hero moments is like if i destroy the thing i love it's going to destroy me and is that worth everyone else being safe yeah because all of this that we're talking about is based on the conjecture that wildmore will be fine there's not going to be like yeah this is based off of what happened in season one nothing yeah further you know like who knows what's gonna happen i'm that's what i was saying like i don't know the jordan and sam relationship and where that's gonna go but i think if things stay copacetic, that's where they'll go. I did get a question on Twitter while we were recording this. Um, and it's a good question to end. And I also got it from our graphic designer, Brooke. Um, and from all of you. Um, but from at um, Happy Hector on Twitter, it says, I'm curious when season one ends... With will the same story continue, or will it be a different story with a different system? If so, have you guys decided on that yet? Um, and Brooke asked, "Will there ever be a season two or a high school reunion?" Um, which would be fun. But here's here's what I'm gonna say. I would love to do a second season of Wildmore High. The second season of Queer PG, though is not going to be Monster Hearts, is not going to be Wildmore High. Um, that has been in the works already, and we are going to make an official announcement about what that is um, in the next probably like month or so. So for Happy Hector, who asked the question, keep an eye out for that. It's been just like an absolute blast creating this season with you guys um, and telling this story, and I don't want it to be over, so I'd love to do it again. Um, but we'll just have to wait and see if that can come to fruition. Because I know all you guys would want to, as you have said many a time. <laughs> I feel like ever since you're like, yeah, we're wrapping up soon in the next few episodes, all of us were just like, and then... That's and then, literally what and happens. Then another and then after that, we... I started saying... <laughs> I started being like, yeah, we've got like two more episodes to record, and you guys were immediately like, and, and then season two? and and that was already five months ago so i've made you wait and i'm gonna make you wait longer cruel but like how much longer (laughs) (laughs) so i'm ready they hate us they fucking hate us it's just it's no it's it's genuinely because you don't want to be our friends anymore (laughs) it's like because i cried too much april's crying right now I'm just holding these in my eyes to guilt you. That's cool. That's cool. Thank you to everybody who has listened. Um, Thank you to our patrons who have um, supported us even more than usual for watching our after shows, for all of our uh, bonus content. Again, I've just loved, loved doing this and so glad you enjoyed it and so glad that the story resonated with you um, as it did with us. I usually say... We'll see you next time or we'll see you soon. But I just feel like maybe I should say, like, we'll see you when we see you. (laughs) 
Facebook. They're so bad at me. <sighs> yeah. I hate us. You just sure. hate us. You, just, you don't like us. We understand. It's okay. We can take this rejection um, and not be upset about it. This has been a wonderful ride that we have all been on and we have all loved it. But sometimes you just got to take time. And that's what we're going to do. I've said it. So until next time. So until next time, this has been Wildmore High Season 1. Bye, everybody. Woo! Woo!